Good morning to our listening audience at station KKVV. This is Abundant Life Seventh-day Adventist Church, located at 1720 North J Street. Our contact number is 702-647-2627. Our website is www.abundantlife.org. We are pastored by Dr. Calvin B. Rock. This morning, or this afternoon, might I say, we will be having our sacred communion service. The speaker will be our own associate pastor, Pastor Russell Lee Wars. We thank you for tuning in to station KKVV at this time and sharing the blessings of Abundant Life Seventh-day Adventist Church.
Amen, church. Amen. Amen. You shall have everlasting life. I want to welcome each and every one of you to another worship service. As I stand and instead of our senior pastor. want to let you know that God is good. Amen. And today is a high day in Zion, as we like to say. Still hearing a little echo? This is indeed a high day. I want to thank each and every one of you for being here today as we prepare to lay it all at the feet of Jesus. Are you ready, church? Amen. 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 If you take your Bibles and go with me to Matthew, the book of Matthew, the 16th chapter, Matthew, the 16th chapter, and verse 21. Matthew, the 16th chapter and verse 21. I'm reading from the New King James Version. 
If you found it, say amen. Amen. The Bible says, From that time Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are, an, uh, you are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Let us pray. Father and our God, we are here. We are here, O oh God, to reflect on you. Holy Spirit, come by now and abide within our midst. We know you've been here, Father, but we, we just need to feel a special unction so that we may, Father, connect with you. Let us forget now about ourselves and concentrate on you. For we ask it in the name of Jesus that the church say, Amen. The Bible says, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. Jesus must go to Jerusalem, the capital, the holy city, suffer and die. In Jerusalem, all the sacrifices were offered. So there he must die, the great sacrifice. The elders and chief priests and scribes, those who should have been most forward in owning and admiring Christ were the most bitter in persecuting him. It is indeed strange that men of knowledge in the scripture who profess to expect the Messiah's coming and pretend to have something sacred in their character would be his worst nightmare. And while it's the Roman power that condemned and crucified Christ, the chief priests and scribes wrote the script, directed, acted, and ensured its execution. Insatiable malice collided with his own invincible patience, a pair in the variety and multiplicity of his sufferings. He suffered many things, and in the extremity of them, nothing less than his death would satisfy them. He must be killed. Chance of crucify him, crucify him, would echo and reverberate through Pilate's judgment hall. He must first suffer many things and then be killed. 
Peter could hardly contain himself. The worst thing about not learning from experience is not learning from experience. Jesus crucified? Never. The resurrection and the life, it could not happen. It would not happen. I will not allow it to happen. I want to focus our thoughts on verse 24 today because it is in this verse that we get down to the heart of what it means to be a disciple. The subject of our study is come after me. Come after me for the next few brief moments. I want to point out the simple steps Jesus gives to us. Firstly, we must deny ourselves. What must we do, church? Deny, deny ourselves. Jesus says this, if any man will come after me, Jesus and Jesus alone is to be the heart of all we do and of who we are as believers. You see, when we are foolish, we want to conquer the world. But when we are wise, we want to conquer ourselves. Church, this only begins when we do what we should no matter how we feel about it. It denotes a deliberate choice and cheerfulness and resolution in that choice. Many are disciples more by choice or the will of others than by any act of their own will. But Christ will have his people volunteers. Uh, let me show you Psalm 110 if you go there with me. Psalm 110. Psalm 110. You go there with me. Psalm 110. I want you to show you this that it's not news that the church is made up of volunteers. <laughs> 110 verse 3. The Bible says your people shall be what? Volunteers. In the day of your power, in the beauties of holiness, from the womb of the morning, you have the dew of your youth. Volunteers. Not only must we deny ourselves, but we must take up our cross. Must, what must we do, church? Take up our cross. To understand what this cross Jesus refers to is, we need to talk about what it isn't. Now there is cross and then there are crosses. It isn't your lost husband or wife. It isn't your broken children. It isn't your bills. It isn't the economy bad state of it. Your cross isn't your difficulties or the bad situations you face in life. The cross is not just a place of suffering, it is a place of death. To take up one's cross means to willingly pick up and carry the shame. I was telling someone this week in our Bible study 
that when I accepted Jesus, I was the only Seventh-day Adventist in my family. And it was not usual for a young man my age to get up on a Sabbath Saturday morning and go to church. And then you could not dress jeans, t-shirt, so you couldn't hide. Everybody in the community knew you were going to church. So when you pick up your cross, you can't hide. You can't conceal who you are. You may try. People mocked men who carried the cross. To take up your cross means that you're willing to identify yourself with Jesus the Christ. His death and his word. Regardless of what it costs. It's never popular to talk about sacrifice, suffering, and death. But we must take up our cross. Jesus says, we must follow him. When we are in love with him, more than anything else in this world, and when we are focused on his will for us, and upon his leadership within our lives and the life of our church, we will take whatever steps necessary to follow him. Parkenham Beatty says, by your own soul, learn to live. And if men thwart you, take no heed. If men hate you, have no care. Sing your song, dream your dream. Hope your hope and pray your prayer. We are called to deny ourselves. We are called to take up our cross. We are called to go after Jesus. We're not to back out, back down, or turn around, or lay down in the path. Courage, it is said, is not limited to the battlefield. The real tests of courage are much quieter. They are the inner tests. Listen to me. Like remaining faithful when nobody's looking. Like, like enduring pain when the room is empty. Like standing alone when you are misunderstood. Doing the right thing isn't always easy, but always necessary. Like Peter, we realize we are to die on that cross, giving our all for his glory. Fast forward now and listen to a converted Peter. The Peter who took Jesus aside and rebuked him profusely. Just think about that for a moment. A human being, a creature, rebuking his creator. But listen to a converted Peter on following Jesus. 1 Peter 2, 1 to 3 gives us, it fasts forward, it gives, it, 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 it's a fast forward look at the new Peter. 1 Peter 2, 1 to 3. Listen to Peter. This is Peter talking now. 
Jesus has died and he's resurrected and he is in the sanctuary interceding on our behalf. Yeah. And here, listen to Peter. Therefore, Peter says, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, elder, uh, uh, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Is the Lord good? Yes. 1 Peter 4, 13 to 16. Peter goes on to say, 1 Peter 4, 13 to 16. Peter says, listen to it now. This is a great day. This is not a sad day. Communion is not a sad time. The time of rejoicing. The time when you let the burden go. And this is the time when you're cleansed again. This is a time when the person who hurt you, you don't wait for them to come to you, you go to them. Uh, this is a time to reconcile. And listen to Peter. Peter says, but what? Rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted, if you're what, church? If you are insulted, the NIV says, because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. For the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or thief or any other kind of criminal, or even as a meddler. Peter says, mind your own business. However, listen to him, however, if you suffer as a Christian, a disciple, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. There's power in the name. It is a tragedy that most people don't lead their lives, Principal Holiday. They just accept them. Understand that your life is like a book. The title page is your name. The preface, your introductions to the world. The pages are a daily record of your efforts, trials, pleasures, discouragements, and achievements. Day by day, your thoughts and acts are being inscribed in your book of life. Hour by hour, the record is being made that must stand for all time. Once the word finis, punto final, finished, must be written, let it then be said of your book that it is a record of noble purpose, generous service, and work well done. Unlike Peter, most people don't get to choose when or how they're going to die. But we all can decide how we will live. A survey was given, 50 people over the age of 95, 50 people over the age of 95 years were asked one question. If you should live your life over again, what would you do differently? Since it's an open-ended question, there were varied answers. But three themes consistently emerged. 
Well, first one, if I had to do it over again, I would reflect more. If I had to do it over again, I would risk more. If I had to do it over again, I would do more things that would live on after I'm gone. The truth is, you don't have to wait to the end of your life to do things differently. You can decide to be green and growing or ripe and rotting. Before this high and holy communion service today, we can right our wrongs. Resolve to have no regrets and restore that which is broken. Jesus says, come after me. You don't need to feel unworthy. He says, come after me. May the Lord bless us as we separate and prepare for this sacred communion service.